this morning I want to speak for just a few minutes about the words Jehovah Jireh. We're going to be in the book of Genesis chapter 22. Unless the Lord leads me in a different direction, we're coming back here next week uh, to finish this up. And so I'm excited uh, when God downloads so much that you can't give it in one message. And so uh, how many are excited about the Word of God this morning? Amen? So let's read it together. Genesis 22, verses 1 through 5, and then we're going to skip down to verse 14 uh, to incorporate those words, Jehovah Jireh. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. Say, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and claved the wood for the burnt offering. That means he chopped the wood, he cut the wood, he split the wood and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Verse 14. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. Can you say that again with me? Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. When you hear the word Jehovah-Jireh, there are many songs, there are many uh, things that we have, we hear with those words in it, and it simply means the Lord will provide. And, and I think that's very powerful. You could really preach for a long time simply on those words that the Lord will provide. How many have tested the Lord and know that He will provide, that He always makes a way, even in the darkness that the Lord uh, makes a way where there seems to be no way. Now, we don't always like what we have to go through and the things that we encounter, but what we do discover as life goes from point A to point Z is that God is faithful and that God is a provider. So here we see God is Jehovah Jireh. That's what Abraham calls him because Abraham has experienced some life. How many knows when you experience life that uh, many times it is a winding road? Many times uh, there are places in that road that are dangerous. There are places in that road where uh, you come against obstacles and you come against enemies. And so uh, Abraham had done those things, but he still found that God, Jehovah, was the provider. And we look at this word, and it's only found one time in the Bible, here in Genesis 22. And we look at this story, and, and, and can I just be transparent? This is a difficult passage. Because God comes to Abraham, who's been faithful, who's done everything that God required of him, and God says, I need you to take your only son, and go sacrifice him on an altar that I'll tell you about when you get there in Moriah. 
And that seems very unreasonable, uncomfortable to us. Uh, this is a difficult passage, and it, and it seems in many ways contrary to what we know about God. Now, the good news is, is that you have a Bible, and I have a Bible. And we know that Abraham did not have to sacrifice his son. That God stopped him just as he was uh, about to plunge the knife into his son and to light the fire for the burnt sacrifice. And God stops him. But Abraham did not have Genesis chapter 22 in his Bible. He did not know that God would stop him. And yet he was faithful to God. He honored, he was obedient to what the Lord had required him to do. It's, it's really an amazing uh, story. And, and the Bible tells us here that God came to tempt Abraham. Now that word tempt does not mean to, uh, here in this passage, the, the definition of that word is not to tempt to do something evil, but to test, to try, to prove Abraham. And, and really I believe that Abraham was already a man of faith and that so maybe God's not necessarily just producing faith in Abraham but he's showing Abraham that he already has some faith and so he's revealing this faith Abraham was a man of faith scripture calls him the father of the faith right he's the father he's father Abraham we see that God requires great things of people and God began to build faith into Abraham slowly God is producing from Abraham what he wants him to be year after year trial and test after trial and test and we know that God promised Abraham a son and God was faithful but that was not an easy path 25 years of being faithful to God. God promising time after time, hear me, you're going to have a son. He's the son of the promise. And through him, I'm going to bless all the world. And he does. But Abraham doesn't know that through the 25 years. He's just faithfully going from one test to the other. You know, many times we look at this and we criticize Abraham and we criticize Sarah because they decided to help God out. But how many have ever tried to help God out yourself? So many times we do. And God had a plan and he had a path, but they step in and they have Ishmael. But God tells them that that is not the son of promise, but Isaac is to be the one through whom I will bless you and I will bless the world. So we see that God is producing Abraham into a man of faith. But the good news for us is that he's doing the same thing in our lives. Uh, maybe you've had it all easy all the time. Maybe everything's gone right for you every time all the time. Maybe everything you touch turned to gold, as they say sometimes but not me so much. 
I've had some trials. I've had some tests. I've had some things that I had to go through, and, I, and I'm still going through some of those things. But God, I want you to know that God is producing a man and a woman of faith in you and in your test and in your circumstance. He's making more of you than you could possibly have imagined. Now, it's not easy. A test is hard. Or it's not a test. It's difficult. And can I tell you that God will test you? Look at your neighbor and say, God will test you. But the test is not to fail you. The test is not to make you feel bad about yourself or for you to ultimately fail. The test is to produce something in you that is amazing for God to do something in and through your life that would have been impossible without God coming and intervening in your life. I'm very thankful for the intervention of God in your life. And so we see Abraham is going through a test. And he could have said, I mean, after 25 years and they finally have a son. And at this point, most scholars say Isaac is probably 12 years old. We'll get into some of that next week. He could have said, God, I've already, I've already been through so much. And here comes the Lord, and he says, Abraham calls him by name. And I can imagine, you know, when God comes, sometimes he doesn't come in a way that we desire for him to come. It's a test, another one. I believe Abraham senses that. And I can imagine in my mind, can I just not get away from this? Can I not just walk away? I don't want another test, Lord. But God is saying, you're not quite there. You're not quite ready. I'm proving you. I'm testing you. And what does Abraham do? He says, here I am. I'm present. Here I am. Ready for you to test me and to prove me. Ready to say to you, Lord, do what you will with me because I am yours and you are sovereign and I am not the Lord of my life, though I want to be sometimes. So God's testing him. God's uh, proving him. God is making something of his life. And Abraham simply says, here I am. Can I tell you that God... 99.999% of the time is not looking for your ability. He's looking for your availability. Hear me. How many have said things like this? God, I, I don't know how to do that. Can you pick somebody else? God, that's not easy. Can, can I just tell you for myself? I was okay with leading worship. It's good. It's easy. I had a natural talent to sing, and I, I felt comfortable. And I was, here I am, Lord. I'll, I'll sing for you. I'll sing for your glory. And he says, good. Now I need you to pastor. Lord, I, 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 I don't know how to do that. I've never been to seminary, Lord. I, I don't know how to do this. I'm inadequate. I, I would fail at this, God. And he says, good. That's right where I want you availability look at your neighbor and say here I am and, and so that's what we see with Abraham he, he simply says here I am why was he so ready 
to do this. I mean, we see no hesitation. And, and I believe it, but because of those 25 years, all of those tests and all of those trials, that Abraham this, had this philosophy. Well, God did it back then. Let me preach. And if he did it back then, then why could he do it now? If he did it before, why couldn't he do it again? And so here's Abraham. God has never failed me yet. God has ne- always made a way. God has made a way for me to do what he's called me to do. He's never failed me. If he did it, then he can do it again. I mean, can attest to that. Every test is different, but you do learn that God will provide. Here's Abraham, 100 years old. Sarah, 90. They have this son of promise. Isaac, I believe Abraham loved Isaac so greatly. I mean, we know how we love our children. We love our kids. I'm getting ready to have a grandbaby in August. And like I already tell you, that baby, whoo, already got my heart and she ain't even born. And I can imagine Abraham. And he has a deep abiding love for Isaac. And it's a promise of God. I'm going to use this son of yours. I'm going to bless the whole world. You are going to be, go from being Abram, which is a father of many, to a father of nations, Abraham. And the love. And God says, I need to take that son and offer him as a sacrifice upon the altar at Mount Moriah. And that word means a burnt sacrifice. It is not allegorical. He, God told him to take his son and to kill him upon the altar and to burn the sacrifice. What, what a thought. And this love that he has for the son and Abraham could have been defiant. Abraham could have hesitated. Abraham could have done all of these things because of this great love that he has for his son. But look at verse 3. And Abraham rose up early in the morning. Early, saddled his ass, took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and claved the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went into the place which God had told him. No hesitation. No sign of it. He gets up early. He didn't ask God another question. He didn't ask for counsel but he immediately began to do what God had called him to do. Reminds me of last week when I preached about Peter and Andrew and James and John who were fishing. And they immediately left their boats and their nets and their family and they followed after Jesus. Here's Abraham. He gets up early. He he begins to do the work and he begins to chop the wood. That ain't easy work. I used to do some of that with my dad. I can imagine three days, a three-day journey, three days traveling there. That has some spiritual significance, which we'll probably talk about next week, but imagine the confusion. Imagine the turmoil in Abraham's mind. Never said a word. Never 
the Bible never declares that he had a doubt at all, but he's human. And I can imagine his, in his mind as he's rehearsing what God had called him to do. But Abraham was faithful. Hebrews tells us that Abraham believed to the point that he believed if he had to sacrifice his son, that God would literally raise him from the dead. He believed the Lord. What difficulty, what a test. It's a hard test. It's a difficult test. And Abraham tells his servants, you wait here with the donkey. Now, I'm not sure what that donkey was going to do, but you wait here and you watch this donkey. And me and my son are going to go over yonder. I think Abraham was southern. We're going over yonder. And we're going to worship. Hear me. Abraham in his flesh did not want to worship. It was the bleakest, darkest hour of his existence. Everything that he had lived up to for to that point was about Isaac and the promise of God and how God would fulfill that promise. And it was dark and it was bleak and he simply had the faith to say, you stay here, we're going yonder, but we shall return. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm coming back from this test. I'm coming back from this test. It's not going to take me down. It's going to make something out of me that would have been impossible without the test. Well, without the test, and I know this sounds cliche, but it's truth. Without the test, there is no testimony. And the Bible in Revelation tells us that we are made more than conquerors by the blood of the Lamb. That's the, that's the primary thing. But also by the word of of our testimony here's Abraham he goes to the mountain he's already declared we're going to go worship and I looked up that word in the in the original Hebrew language and, and uh, many times when we think about worship we think about dance and sing joyfully and lively and all of those things tambourine all those kind of things that Pentecostal people kind of like but that's not what that word means not this word it means to bow before God who is sovereign and to submit to His will for my life. That's worship. But God, I don't like it. I don't like the situation. I don't like the test. But you're God. Hear me. And I bow before you. That's the kind of worship. That's true worship. In the book of Samuel, it says that obedience is better than sacrifice. God, I'm going to do it. I don't like it. You ever told God that? I did. It didn't go real well for me. I still ended up doing it. I'm doing it now. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Now, up to this point, God seems pretty harsh. It's difficult. It's a test. It's real. It's in your face. But God did it for a purpose and a design. That that promise that he had given to Abraham, 
Number one, you cannot love the promise more than the promiser. Hear this. If you do that, then you've got some mixed up priorities in your life, some messed up priorities. You know this because I talk about it a lot. Because it's a promise of God. I believe that I will see it come to pass. I believe we will build a new building out on that land. I, be, I believe it'll be great. I be, believe it'll be awesome that God's going to grow us to that point. But I cannot love that promise of God more than I love Him. And more than I'm obedient to Him. God takes us through tests. Number one, for us to understand our faith. It's real. Number two, that He would make... A, a, I'm seeing building blocks. I'm seeing steel being forged. I'm seeing blocks and concrete being poured and and God is making something of us as we go through every test and every trial and every circumstance and he is producing something glorious for the kingdom of God what's the kingdom of God about salvation it's about those people on the cross it's about your loved ones and mine and our families and God is making us into something that is a kingdom dynamic. In other words, He can use us for His kingdom. And sometimes the forging process is rough. But how many would truly worship this morning and bow before the Lord? I know this is not an easy message. I wanted to do something different. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, that's that's... Whew, that's hard. But how many would say, Lord, I come to bow before you and declare that you are my God and to declare that I will be obedient to you and I will follow you and I will submit to your will. You see, that's worship.